0: I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely
1: done my fair share of psychiatry work.
0: I've prescribed a few pills, you
1: know. Crime and knee. I wish that I could give you a dose of your own giant catheters.
0: I'm giving you a dose this <laughs> week. Like... <laughs> It's about time, too.
1: Well, fuck! I'm gonna tell you a story that is a little murder light.
0: (laughs) Oh, good, because I covered enough murder for like a (laughs) lifetime with that asshole.
1: You really did. So, I got most of my information from a wonderful article on um, from Vanity Fair, which Vanity Fair Amazing. amazing journalists,
0: amazing.
1: So, this article was written by Mark Seal and. He went into great depths on this case. So yeah, I mostly they're so used that. good. And Whatever I, you're
0: doing over there at Vanity Fair, keep it up. You oh guys are, God, like, yeah. fucking awesome. He
1: basically wrote a novel on this case.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: And then I got a touch of information from Wikipedia where I had to, like, tie up some loose ends that the article didn't because it was written uh, before, I think. I don't know. Like, okay. before the Wikipedia. Okay. So... In July of 2008, a man by the name of Clark Rockefeller was having a supervised visit with his seven-year-old daughter, whose name was Ray Storo Mills Boss, which that's- She's uh, a boss. Pretty strong name. Um, It's like
0: four names.
1: Yeah. And, (laughs) uh, but he called her Snooks.
0: Is he British?
1: Do you love it? No. (laughs) I don't. Well, I'm not going to tell you if he's British or not right now because you'll see.
0: Okay. His Fine.
1: whole business is a mystery. Although so, the
0: Rockefellers are like American.
1: American. Right. That's right. I don't know where
0: they came from originally, but. America. <laughs>
1: <sighs> they were the white ones in America.
0: They were like the original the, the white Jesuses. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: yes. The original Mr. Moneybanks. Money, banks? Money Pants,
0: Penny. Penny. Farthing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's the Pennyworth? Penny's Worth?
1: Penny's Worth. What's the Monopoly that, guy's name? That's what
0: I'm trying to think. Oh. Mr. Penny's Worth.
1: Okay. Well, Mr.
0: Money's Worth?
1: Mr. Moneypants.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. So, uh... Clark Rockefeller, um, so him and his daughter are in Boston, and they had originally, they had lived in this two point million dollar four four-story home in Boston. In Boston? Boston. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, but his wife had got the house in the divorce, and I think that he was kind of, I think he had a house around that area, so him and Snooks were like wandering around the ritzy area, and... Um, having a supervised visit, so of course there was the uh, social worker that was kind of trailing them.
0: <laughs> trailing, yeah. Well, you know,
1: was giving them their space. supervising, yeah, supervising, but not a not part of the visit, a part of it, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so they're wandering around, and they went to like the public garden. That
0: sucks. that that like has to be a I
1: know. job, you I know? know. But some people that cannot sucks. be trusted. Um. And they went to the public gardens, and they rode the swan boats, and had fun. Very cute. And as they're walking through the parks and stuff, people are constantly greeting him, like, oh, good morning, Mr. Rockefeller. Hi. Everyone knows him, um, because he was like a fixture in the neighborhood. So everyone knows Clark Rockefeller.
0: I feel like all the rich bitches know each other, right?
1: Exactly. And obviously, since he has a supervised visit, and she got... The house, their divorce, his divorce with his ex wife Sandra was not amicable because so she was awarded full custody of Snooks and he was granted three eight hour visits a year in the company of a social worker. So
0: that's like Super intense. Like what did he do?
1: Yeah, exactly. No,
0: like usually, you know, you get like a couple weekends uh
1: yeah. a month. Or like, or, like at weekend, least a weekend a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Wow. Three eight hour sessions. Like not a even
0: year. an overnight.
1: Nope. So a year? A year.
0: Fuck. Yep. Okay.
1: Okay, so Clark. He must
0: have fucked up. He uh, done fucked up.
1: He done fucked up.
0: Okay.
1: So Clark was 47 at the time, and he was still schmoozing with the high society that he was used to mingling with. And he also, so uh, after his divorce, he was able to keep his extraordinary art collection of, like, modern art paintings and stuff.
0: Oh, joy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he had close friends in high places, and he was a member of all the exclusive clubs.
0: And he couldn't even spin it to get more time with his child? hmm Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: He fucked up. Okay. Anyway, so the three of them, Carl and Sn- Carl, not Carl, Clark. Clark and Snooks and the... Uh, the- also,
0: Clark. Yeah. Rockefeller. Yeah. Clark is not... Clark is not an upper echelon name. And what uh, would correct be a me better if I am wrong, mm-hmm. but Clark?
1: What would be a better name?
0: Uh, Egbert. <laughs> Egbert Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Milton. What are rich people names? Herbert
1: Harold. I feel like
0: I feel like there is some like weird.
1: I think a lot of H names are like fancy names.
0: Harry. Yeah, Herbert, Henry, <laughs> Rutherford.
1: R- R- Rutherford.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. so the three of them are walking Penny down bags, the
0: street.
1: Penny bags, know. Penny bags. <laughs> so the three of them are walking down the street and they're approaching this big black SUV limo that's kind of parked on the street, obviously waiting for them. Um, earlier, Clark, when he like, hired the limo to come pick him up, he like told the limo driver that him and his daughter were going to lunch with some like senators and important people and sure. that there was going to be a clingy friend that was probably going to uh, be tagging along. But uh, he the wanted clingiest help ditching friend, this
0: guy. almost like she was hired to not let that child out of her sight.
1: So the driver was being paid about $3,000 for this ride. So like to be hired damn. out for the day. Yeah, which like- damn, For a day? I want to fucking be a limo driver. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, drive like a nice car and then get paid 3000 I don't think that's typical.
1: I'm going to be a Rockefeller uh, limo driver, I think. Look,
0: you're a limo driver for like a year? You're set for fucking life.
1: You could drive you could do like a couple a month and be set for life. Anyway, he's paid $3,000 for this ride, so obviously he was like, yeah, no one's getting in the limo without your permission because you hired me for the day. Uh, Yeah. So as I'm a
0: professional. Uh,
1: Yeah, basically. Don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. So as the three approached the limo, Clark quickly opened the door and got in, and he pulled Snooks in with him, and he accidentally hit her head on the door, (gasps) and then he shouted to the driver, go, go. And the driver, like, peeled out, like, Rar! in this big limo. And in the meantime... Okay,
0: wouldn't you, th- okay, wouldn't you think, though? I mean, I understand $3,000, whatever. But also, like, that's so dramatic.
1: Like, if know. your friend
0: w- is that clingy, why would you invite them on a walk with you?
1: Well, I don't think that he... I think it was like he's going to be following us from the lunch. Like, I need to lose him. I don't know. I assume that a lot of wealthy people have to ditch people. Have I to peel know. out peel, because yeah. someone's bothering them? Well, yeah, everyone wants your money. Money bags. Okay. So okay. the yeah, you know, the driver peels out and as that's happening, the social worker was like, What the fuck? and grabbed onto the door handle. Yeah. And, and that's he That's a
0: good social worker.
1: Yeah, but he was dragged several yards before oh, he got God. before he let go. So obviously he probably got pretty hurt.
0: That person's dedicated to their work
1: yeah I mean uh, what do you do in that situation? I don't even know. That's
0: your whole job is to keep that kid safe yeah and that like mm-mm. and also like, usually everything goes pretty smoothly in a supervised visit, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like that one time that it doesn't,
1: mm-hmm. it could
0: go so bad
1: yeah. Yeah, so uh, within minutes, Clark told the driver to pull over into a parking lot and that he was going to hail a cab to take his daughter to the hospital just to make sure she's okay after he bashed her head into the door.
0: How hard did he hit her head? See? Childhood, <laughs> you get injuries. And you just get injured. And now Snooks
1: is a serial killer.
0: I mean, we all are, <laughs> according to the whole like head trauma theory. Yeah.
1: Well, we're all serial killers waiting I mean, to happen, who- I think. You know? Who
0: doesn't get, like, hit in the head in P.E. with, like, a ball or whatever, you oh, know? I,
1: do remember, pl- like,
0: Like recess. a basketball straight to the face. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I would never play during recess. I was, like, a... Well,
1: I wasn't playing. E. I was fucking, like, oh. walking past.
0: <gasps> <laughs> yeah, that was that I the worst. actually
1: balls during P.E. Oh, recess. Oh, God, that
0: was awful. No, I was
1: probably, like, hopscotching or something or playing foursquare.
0: square. <laughs> God, I remember getting yelled at in PE because my friends and I would just be talking. And then our PE teacher would be like, stop. You guys have to play. Stop talking. You're on opposite sides. (laughs) (laughs) PE sucks. And we're just like, ugh. Nobody wants to play
1: sports. Sports are boring. I'm not going to run
0: after the ball. It's already over there. Then it's going to go there and then back there and then back. It's like, it's am just stand in the middle and talk. They got this. (laughs) I'm not going to make a basket. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm not going to be a... Contributing Why would
0: I try? to this
1: team. No, yeah, I'm not making any sp- sports points. <laughs> anyway, so he told the driver to, you know, wait in this parking lot for them. And then him and Snooks hailed a cab and they left. And the limo driver said that he waited for over two hours, but they never came back. So he just left.
0: They took a cab. Yeah. Why would they come back?
1: <laughs> well, he told him. He said, wait in this parking lot. We'll be right back. I'm gonna take take her to the hospital to get her checked out, and then we'll come back. But they never came back.
0: Well, I'm just saying. Obviously, like if it would have been more, it would have been more believable if he was like, "Hey, take us to the hospital. Wait here. I'll be right back." As opposed to like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a cab." Well, to I don't the know hospital.
1: if I don't know if like he didn't want all the like show like oh a, a limo's pulling up to the hospital. It must be someone important. I don't no. know. I I don't know. It sounds
0: sketchy. Well, it is
1: sketchy because they they took the cab, but they did not go to the hospital. They went to Boston Sailing Center, where his friend was waiting for them. She had agreed to drive them to New York for five hundred dollars, and he told her that they were in a hurry because him and Snooks were going to catch a train that would get them to a boat that would take them to Long Island. And so they drove.
0: Okay. And
1: once they got to Manhattan, of course, they're stuck in traffic.
0: Yeah, no way. I'm not driving in New York for $500. <laughs> Fuck that.
1: So they're like, you know, in traffic, just stopped, and Clark grabbed Snooks, threw an envelope of cash at his friend, and left. Oh! Didn't even say goodbye, just like chucked this envelope full of cash and oh. grabbed the little girl, and he like booked it. just started running. And just as oh they got God. out, the friend's phone rang and on the other end of the line was another friend asking if she had seen the recent Amber Alert that was just broadcast looking for- How ca-
0: did he know?
1: I, I mean, I think he was just, I mean, the social worker was there. Obviously, it's going to be reported. So obviously, he doesn't have much time. Okay. And so there was like the Amber Alert broadcast looking for Clark Rockefeller who had abducted his daughter. Yeah. So now the police are looking for Clark and they wanted to charge him with custodial kidnapping. Yes. And also assault and battery by means of a weapon.
0: Yes. A.K.A.
1: the limo. Yeah. So yeah. And Sandra, the ex-wife and the police found out about the kidnapping around the same time.
0: Oh God, that's gotta be so scary.
1: Yeah, especially when you don't trust your ex to begin with and he has three supervised visits and now he's gone away. Nobody knows where he is and he's taken your child.
0: Absconded with your child. (laughs) Absconded.
1: I love that word.
0: Yeah, me too. That's why I brought it out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, police went to Sandra to try and get some information on Clark so they could locate him. Yeah, find out where
0: he's going.
1: Yeah, and they're like, obviously, you know, he's a Rockefeller, so, like, he's probably got houses all over so sure. like, we got to find out but the thing is when the police entered clark rockefeller's name into their database nothing came up
0: yeah obviously a rockefeller would not name their child clark
1: <laughs> that is what you're hung up on
0: yes <laughs> no offense to the clarks out there but i just don't
1: it's feel like a there a would ever be a
0: clark rockefeller well i don't know
1: I don't know. I have not Googled the Rockefellers to find out how well, many Well, if they Clarks- don't exist
0: in this story, I don't think they exist.
1: Well, uh, yeah. So yeah, they couldn't find. Any you gotta record. give them a
0: strong Bible name. Not a cl- there's not a Clark in the Bible.
1: As one of the you know one of the twelve disciples, like uh, there's like the, he was like
0: the thirteenth,
1: thirteenth Clark. Clark. <laughs> So, they are like I said, are trying to get information from Sandra because they're like, Well, you were married to this guy for a number of years, so like maybe you have some other information that we don't have. What's his driver's license number? And she's like, Well, he never had a driver's license.
0: Well, also, why would she know it? I don't, I don't even know my own.
1: Well, yeah, I don't either. I'm not sure, like, maybe when you're married, when you're filing different.
0: You memorize each other's license. No, but
1: maybe like if you Numbers? It, no, but maybe if you like you know, register for car have like you know car registration. You have oh, that You can find
0: the paperwork. Yeah, it's
1: on your registration, like your information, yeah, so you maybe. can find the paperwork. But she so said she he, feel like
0: it's not likely. Well, he never also their divorce. She could like burn that shit, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. but she. But it, I mean, the thing. It's like 2008 right now, so it could. Some of the stuff could be online, you know.
0: Well, why aren't they finding it online then?
1: Well, they couldn't. So exactly. They have Mm -hmm. no information. He didn't have a driver's license. So they were like, well, do you have a social security number? And she was like, I have no idea what that is. And then they were like, okay, well, is Clark on your tax returns? Because you guys were married for so long. He's got to be like part of your taxes. And she said, no, because all of his credit cards were from her accounts.
0: Ah.
1: So he never had So she was the
0: breadwinner. Yes,
1: he never filed taxes. Then they looked for his cell phone number to see, like, you know, maybe he's got information on his cell phone plan. Well, his friend was paying for his cell phone.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like all this information would have gone... To like the social worker to be able to get in contact. I don't know. Like, don't they do like background information to be able to like?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was something just, goes
0: wrong, you know,
1: he might have just been given Clark's phone number and address and like go to this place and have your visit. All
0: right. Maybe.
1: I don't. I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, they couldn't find any identification. What friend on him. would put
0: you on their phone plan?
1: Uh... I don't know. I mean, I, Clark has a way with words, and I'm sure that he spun it to be like, this is beneficial for you if you got a Rockefeller. I don't know. Okay. We're also I'm like, I'm a Rockefeller. I don't want my name out there for people to find my phone number. I want to be kind of anonymous.
0: And they're so, like, "Uh, your name's Clark.
1: <laughs> Ain't no way you're, you're a Rockefeller. going to be
0: anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
1: good.
0: Mm. Sorry, Clark's out there. I'm not hating on your name. I'm just saying it's not a Rockefeller name.
1: Okay. <laughs> so because it was a kidnapping and he's gone, the FBI became involved and the case was given to Special Agent Noreen Gleason. And she, so she's like, well, okay, we'll try another way. We'll, we'll contact the actual Rockefeller family and ask them, how do we contact Clark? And so they called. Okay, she, but like, they
0: already decided that he didn't exist, though.
1: But like I said, if you're that wealthy, you might not put your name out there. You might have a friend get your phone plan. You might have your you know, credit cards under your wife's name because you don't want to be looked up for people asking for handouts all the time.
0: I guess.
1: I don't know. We've never been wealthy, so we don't know.
0: I don't know anything about that world at all.
1: You just know that Clark is not a Rockefeller. I
0: just know that Clark's <laughs> not a Rockefeller name. There's like John Rockefeller.
1: That's Let's about like it. Rockefeller
0: I know, but <laughs> <All> <laughs> I think John. they're all named John. John. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So obviously. Gina or
0: whatever the female John is. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> What's female John? Jonna. Jonna. Joan. Could be any of those, any mm. of
1: those. Well, to Noreen's surprise, the Rockefeller family said that they were not related to Clark Rockefeller at all, and they had no connection to this man who was a mystery at this point. So nobody knows who the fuck this random dude is who has kidnapped his child. His
0: own child. And now
1: they, have nowhere, they don't know where to look. Okay. Um, So plenty of people had heard of Clark and plenty of people were friends or social acquaintances of Clark, but nobody had any actual information on him at all. Mm,
0: Suspicious.
1: In fact, he had told a lot of his friends before he kidnapped Snooks that he was going to be leaving for a while. Uh, uh Uh-huh. But he told each one of them a different story and, like, reason why he was leaving and where he was going.
0: How are you going to keep tabs on all that? Well, Why I- wouldn't you just have one unifying story?
1: Well, the only thing I can think of is, so investigators had to look into every lead. So it's gonna delay uh, their time right, looking for him. That's pretty
0: clever. Yeah, that's, pretty clever. Yeah, that's like,
1: pretty clever. Someone's like, No, he said he was going to Morocco. And they're like, Well, fuck, we gotta go have someone go out there. And like, well, now we what? gotta
0: go to Morocco. Now
1: we gotta go to Nevada. Now we gotta go to Spain. Now we gotta go to Afghanistan. Like he they told waste them all. So e- much
0: money. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yep. So uh, yeah, so all those leads went to nowhere, obviously. hmm But then one night they they caught a bit of a break. Um, so the night before he disappeared, he had gone to a friend's house to have some wine and, you know, talk about fancy things that rich people do, maybe like (laughs) Uh fan themselves with money. I don't know.
0: Oh my God. I was watching this, uh, Dateline. I think it was Dateline. I was watching like a lot of Datelines or Mm -hmm. one of those shows and, um there's a story about like this super wealthy family and you could tell how rich they were because the daughter was like she was like talking about her wedding and and then the the interviewer was like oh how much did you pay for your dress and she was like oh that's so gauche uh well i guess it was like 11 and it's like $11,000. And she's like, yeah, I think it was about 11000 But like the fact that they like oh, don't talk about money, God. you know, yeah. when they're dropping like hella money. And she was like, oh, that's so like embarrassing that you would even ask me about money. Like I don't talk $11, about money.
1: $11,000 for a dress you wear once.
0: A dress. And she was talking about how her wedding costs like over. She was like, well, we went a little over budget. And it was like over $100,000 for this one. Okay, anyway, And there sorry. are people
1: starving Yep. Even though they're working full time jobs. Yeah. And these bitches are spending that much money on a fucking dress.
0: Well, it is pretty ghost to talk about. It's
1: pretty <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Okay, so like I said, he had had wine at this friend's house and the friend contacted the FBI and said that he still had the glasses that they drank from that night and they hadn't been washed. Oh,
0: Mm oh. I guess the maid was off
1: for the night or something. Yeah, what?
0: (laughs) Where is your dishwasher Uh, uh person?
1: Not there. Maybe he ate some some bad pudding. Slacking. So, (laughs) So they sent the glasses to the FBI lab in Virginia. And they waited for the results. The FBI decided in the meantime to release pictures of Clark that they had. What
0: are the chances that the glasses would not have been washed?
1: A probably not very high. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they release pictures of Clark to the media in the hopes that someone would have more information? Like anyone, please. I feel give like, us yeah, you do that
0: like immediately. Yeah. Like release a picture of the kid and the dad. Well, I'm
1: sure that happened kind of like all simultaneously where while they're looking and
0: right, right.
1: collecting evidence and following leads and they're posting a picture. Um, they were not expecting the amount of varied information they got back. Because so, everyone knew
0: him, but nobody knew exactly. him?
1: Exactly. Oh. They got calls from all over the United States. Some people called in the tip line saying that the man pictured was not Clark Rockefeller. He was a man named Chris Gearhart, who was a film student at the University of Wisconsin.
0: See, now that sounds like a rich name.
1: <laughs> Chris Gearhart, yeah. Um so, and then other people called in, and they were like, "No, that's Christopher Chichester, who was a descendant of British royalty and lived with some people in L.A. But he had and that van-
0: sounds like a stupid name,
1: <laughs> Chichester. <laughs> well, mm. it's a real name
0: of the English Chichesters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he had vanished from L.A. around the same time that the couple he was staying with vanished. Uh, uh Uh-oh. And then uh, also, he
0: likes those like, he does
1: like C's. Okay. Big into the C's. Yeah. Other people. Because he is a
0: giant C word.
1: Oh. Other people called in and they were like, no, no, that's Christopher C. Crow. He's a TV producer. CCC? Uh-huh. Okay. He's a TV producer who worked for at least 3 Wall Street firms before vanishing, which I don't know what Wall Street firms need a TV producer for, but apparently they did. What? Mhm.
0: He is eclectic.
1: And then still many people knew him as the influential, powerful man named Clark Rockefeller. At some point along the way, bones were found on the property oh, of the no. missing LA couple.
0: Yeah.
1: So now he was being sought for questioning. Um, about yeah,
0: obviously the bones. Yeah,
1: authorities were concerned that he might. Well,
0: who who's being sought for the bones? Oh, Chichester.
1: Chichester Cl- Rockefeller.
0: Uh, no, no, but wait he was Chichester at the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is always so amazing that people can do this. They can just like infiltrate. A society, like a whole group of people. Oh yeah. God, okay, and, and like not... wealthy people who yeah, are like exactly. so snobby and like like exclusive,
1: yeah, and
0: like elitist. But then he like
1: and he was finds welcomed, a way in. welcomed, right into their crazy. Little, okay, um, cult. Um, so. Authorities were concerned that he might try a murder-suicide with his daughter. Since, oh God,
0: why? Well,
1: since usually custodial kidnappings or also just kidnappings in general usually don't turn out well. Oh
0: God.
1: Um. So the FBI was like, "We need to find this guy now because yeah, she's. In well, I feel danger. like any
0: kidnapping case, it's like
1: yeah, yeah find and, him now. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't. We don't even know where to begin looking for him. Everyone right? is saying a different story. We're concerned right. for this child. So the wine glass fingerprints finally came back from the lab, and one thing was for sure that what's that? This man was not at all who he said he was.
0: Yeah, obviously, at all. he had like six names. <laughs> what in, do you mean? In fact,
1: it turned out his real name was Christian Carl Gearhartstrider.
0: CC. Well,
1: actually, Carl was spelled with a K. CK. CK.
0: Christian Karl
1: Gerhardt. Gerhardt's writer. writer. And he was born and raised in Germany. Ah. And he grew up in the Burgen in Bergen, Germany, which is a small resort town in the Bavarian Alps.
0: Sounds lovely. It's
1: probably beautiful. Um, Oh, God,
0: yeah.
1: He was a bit of a misfit and always had his head in the clouds and was kind of obsessed with fantasy. and A dreamer. Yeah. His dad was a house painter and an amateur artist, and his mom was a seamstress. Cool. Uh, Sounds good. One day he's on a train, and he starts talking to this family who's from the United States, and I'm sure just making polite conversation, they were like... When he's, like, young... Yeah, he's a teenager. Okay. He's, like, in high school. And they were like, hey, you know, if you ever make it to the United States, you should totally come look us up.
0: I mean, that's the one thing that I have heard is that uh, people from the, the States are very friendly. I feel like we're pretty friendly to, like, people mm. visiting.
1: Mm, I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe. I've heard um, that we're
0: a friendly bunch of people. I think it
1: depends on where you are in the United States. So, as you probably guessed, not long after meeting that family, he was like, sweet, that was an invitation. And he flew to their house in Connecticut in 1978.
0: Uh, Yeah, obviously, they really meant come stay with us. Not like, if you're ever visiting, come look us up and we'll go out for like some mm-hmm. food. No. or.
1: He was like, moving in. Okay. Uh, basically, once he moved to the United States, he... Cut all contact with his friends and family in Germany.
0: Damn, that's y- cold.
1: Yeah. Um, and so he stayed with his family for a short time. I'm assuming he outstayed his welcome.
0: I don't think he ever had a welcome. <laughs> I feel like that was like an invitation to go. Like, eat. like
1: he like comes over and they're like having dinner and they're all just like waiting for him to. They're like looking at their watches. Like it's like getting oh late. where
0: where are you staying it's while you're pretty here? Late. Also, why are you here? <laughs> are you like what are you doing here?
1: Well, I think he got the hint, so he posted an ad in a local paper looking for lodging. And How long
0: did he stay there?
1: I don't know. They didn't say.
0: How did he get here?
1: <laughs> he flew.
0: What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: so he ended up, so this family, the Savio family, um, answered his ad and they were like, you're welcome to move in with us. And he told them that he was an exchange student. And so he I- enrolled in the- That is
0: like the shoddiest exchange program <laughs> where they're like, okay, yeah, come on over, but we're not going to find you like a family to stay with. Yeah. Or have any connections for you or like set you up in a dorm or anything. It's just like
1: Well come on over. You know, this is the 70s, I don't Figure know.
0: Figure it out.
1: <laughs> but he did. He enrolled in the local high school uh, and he was like in the same high school as I think a couple. I think there were like 3 kids in this family, so he was going to school with them.
0: So he left home at high school age yeah. and his parents were just like
1: Goodbye. Okay,
0: good luck. Goodbye. I guess. Okay.
1: Uh, and well, what, who
0: knows what he told them? He could have been like, I've exactly. been accepted into this, like, yeah,
1: program. I'm going to be program. Going. And it's
0: like the 70s. So it's like, I can't long distance call you because that's going to be really expensive. Yeah. So yeah. I won't even write letters, but yeah, whatever. I'm
1: going to be busy with school. When he enrolled, he went by the name Christopher Gearhart's writer instead of Christian. Well, so he, he hated like that name. Slowly so. changing his immediately. name
0: immediately. Yep. Yeah.
1: So there he practiced his English, and he cultivated his stylish appearance. He told the family that his father worked for Mercedes and that he was, uh, you know, pretty he came from a pretty well-off family. Um, I am not very familiar with the show Gilligan's Island, but apparently there's a character on there named Thurston Howell the Third.
0: The millionaire.
1: Not Howell Howell. Uh and it was
0: spelled H oh. O E W E L E R How would you oh. say it Holer Howler,
1: howeller, anyway, anyway. This is Thurston, the
0: millionaire.
1: Yeah, he was a millionaire who was so rich that he packed a suitcase full of money and multiple outfits for what was supposed to be a three hour for tour. Three
0: o- that okay, yeah, that <laughs> show never made sense. Like, why aren't you doing like a weekend cruise or something that would have made way more sense? Like, how are you gonna get that lost <laughs> in three hours? Where the fuck are you I don't going? Know. That's only I don't gonna know. take three hours. I'm not and sure where the stranded.
1: island they were marooned on.
0: And you pack a bag?
1: A couple suitcases, I think. One yeah. full of money and one full of outfits.
0: I just don't think there was good TV writing <laughs> during that time.
1: <laughs> well, Clark, uh, I'm going to call him Clark because just to keep okay. him straight. Clark, uh, he was like really into, he was really fascinated by Thurston and decided sure. that he was going to start dressing like him. And he even. Started mimicking his speech patterns to make him sound wealthy.
0: Oh, I guess. did he talk like a wealthy dude?
1: I suppose so.
0: I just feel like in like a Hollywood way, though, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Because like in the old movies, they all speak in a very particular way, like where an you're accent. We're like, like, is that? Did people right? talk
1: like that? Did they have <laughs> accent? Is that an American accent? I oh, don't know.
0: Oh boy, how far we've come. Mm. <laughs>
1: So while Clark was at the Savio's house, he would sleep on the couch, and he expected that every morning they were like,
0: "Welcome, exchange student."
1: Here's sleep the On
0: the couch.
1: Well, they've got like three kids. I'm sure. Then why they're- would
0: they take another one in?
1: I have no idea.
0: I just don't. Okay. They
1: were just generous. That's not good I hospitality.
0: Don't know. I don't, I don't know.
1: think so. Well, the he. <laughs> expected that every morning they would make him breakfast and bring it to him and that his clothes would be laundered. No. And he would always make it clear to them that life in their home was beneath him.
0: Okay, then where's your rich dad to pay for a hotel or apartment for you?
1: Well, you know, maybe he was sent there to live a life of, like, of slumming it so that he could appreciate his money when he returned. Slumming it
0: on a couch, getting laundered and fed? Mm -hmm.
1: He was, the family said that he was very lazy and super self-involved and never tried Uh, to be a part of the family. (laughs) And eventually the family kicked him out because I guess one day it was like cold outside and the daughter came home and she was like knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell to be let in and he was on the couch and he was just like, I'm not getting up, I'm not going to answer the door. And so we never let her in and they were like, how do do you not
0: (laughs) open the door? That's like not even an effort
1: mm-hmm well he's That's like just it's,
0: rude. it's below
1: me you have to have like a butler open the door i'm not opening That's
0: the door so rude <laughs> i would be pissed if i was like knocking on the door and you didn't answer it
1: yeah like you're getting free room and board so here and mad. you can't even open the door so mad so they kicked him out once he was out of the sevillo household he once again reinvented himself this time he decided to go by the name chris kenneth gearhart
0: did he finish school
1: uh, yeah, I believe he graduated
0: Okay.
1: and he moved to Wisconsin and enrolled in the film school at the university. Within a year, he was getting married at the courthouse to a woman he barely knew. Uh, so I think uh, I'm pretty sure that the marriage was so that he could try to get a green card.
0: Well, that's a very generous... Young lady who yeah. agreed to marry him.
1: Yeah, and once he got his green card, they divorced. But I'm not sure which name his green card was in, so I don't, I don't know how that works, but he got well, a green I card. Well, I mean,
0: honestly, like, I just feel like in the 70s, are we in the 70s right now?
1: It's probably, we like, well, he moved to the United States in 78, so it's probably like 1980. Depending I just on feel what- like,
0: I'm I don't like, know. Yeah. in in the eighties, did they even have like people's pictures on there? I don't know. Like ID cards, their driver's licenses. I think so. Because it like at one point it was just like a little piece of paper that but you could just, like, like type up on a typewriter. It it basically, <laughs> it's
1: all penciled in.
0: So I don't know like what kind of documentation they needed from him to get a green card. But he, but then you're just like, this is my name. They're like, okay, that's your name then.
1: Yeah, wow. I, I don't know. But after, after he got his green card, he got divorced. And then after the divorce, he stopped going to school altogether. And he packed up his things and he moved to LA because he was like, you know, a film student. And he was like, well, I, there's no film industry in Wisconsin, so I'm going to go to He's LA. He's like, I
0: know enough about making movies now mm-hmm. that I took like a year of film school. Yeah,
1: I got this. I just got to move to LA and meet people. And I choose. wonder why he went
0: to Wisconsin in the first place. That seems kind of random.
1: Um, I don't know, maybe it was, like, a school that he was accepted into when he, like, was graduating high school. So when he moved to L.A., he once again changed his name. Now he's going by your favorite, Christopher Chichester, and he claimed he was going into the film industry. One of the Sevillo family members, I think it was, like, the son that was closest in age to Clark, said that he got the name Chichester from one of the teachers in their high school there was like a Mrs. Chai Chester that... Oh,
0: so it is real. Yeah,
1: so he was probably like, I He just I really like, liked it? Like the way it sounded.
0: That is a fun name. Chai Chester. Chai Chester.
1: Chester Cheetos.
0: Chai Chester.
1: Mm. Now it's making me think of chai-flavored Cheetos. That Ew, I don't <laughs> think I
0: would like that.
1: Although it could be like a sweet, like a kettle corn type thing, like a sweet uh, snack. You know what I'm talking about? Take the cheese uh-huh. element out.
0: Well, now I'm thinking like churros yeah. and like oh, yeah. cinnamon twists and stuff. It Churro like-
1: Cheetos. <laughs> Ew.
0: <laughs>
1: no, don't think about the cheese. It's the, just the crunchy snack covered in cinnamon and sugar. Well,
0: don't call it a Cheeto then. But it
1: is going to be, I'm going to call up Cheeto and have them make these. So, okay? Okay. I just anyway. I
0: think a sweet Cheeto would go over well, but okay.
1: Well, I think you're wrong. So.
0: <laughs> All right, you call up Cheeto. I will. Then, I'm going to and- call
1: up Mr. Chester Cheeto and tell him. <laughs> anyway, so he moved uh, to a place just outside L.A. called San Marino, and he began a, he became a regular at local businesses and social clubs and churches. Where does
0: he get his money?
1: He doesn't have money. So what he does is he he goes to church. He finds a church that like Mm -hmm. the elite people are going to. And he starts going to church and he just starts schmoozing with them. And then they, you know, take him out to dinner and wine and dine. And because he is also, uh, I'm not sure where he got money, but he has like fancy clothes and he's got that posh accent and he's got like impeccable manners. So they just assume that he's like one of them. And he eventually starts taking out some wealthy widows in town and they're whining and dining him and enjoying his, you know, he's like this young, yeah, he's like this 20-something year old guy who's like super polished and like-
0: What does he look like? Nerd. (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) He's not good looking at all, in my opinion.
0: Okay.
1: He kind of is like a squirrely dude with glasses and just- not that good looking. Okay. Um, anyway, so obviously like he's enjoying the Maybe huge- Maybe a little
0: inbred so it like works for him. <laughs> to, like, oh, he like, must ah, be rich. Royalty. Like at first the Clark thing, I wasn't sure, but uh, he does uh, look a little,
1: uh-huh, little
0: yeah, pasty, a little, pasty. Pasty. little inbred.
1: A uh, little bit, a little bit. Uh-huh. So obviously he's enjoying like the huge houses and lavish lifestyles of these widows. Sure. And- he even made up calling cards, and he would hand them out to people that, uh, you know, like, call me or whatever. But
0: Tonight we're going to party like gonna... it's 1875. <laughs> exactly. Like, who has calling <laughs> cards? Is that something British people do still? I think still?
1: so. I think- Heck. I don't know. i, I don't know. Calling We don't, do, we're not in the elite echelon, so we're not. Should sure. I be
0: printing out calling I cards?
1: Think we should have calling cards, and you have to have. Sorry,
0: your, I missed you, but the thing is, I you, called.
1: You have to have your family crest on it, like he did. So he had the what he can, he said was the Chichester family crest,
0: the Chichester crest,
1: Chester crester, and. Okay. His name on his calling cards was Christopher Chichester, the 13th Baronet.
0: Oh, king, little baby baron.
1: Baby barons. Does so that I,
0: exist? I
1: think so. So everyone was like, oh, he must be royalty because.
0: Well, he's number 13. 13,
1: so, yeah. Fuck. Baronet. clark was
0: the 13th apostle
1: and, so oh yeah that's true and they he
0: must be the 13th baronet
1: those people were like oh my god royalty this is so cool
0: see okay that's what i'm saying though where's he getting the money to print out calling cards
1: i'm sure he's like schmoozing with the rich and like talking to you know these widows and like oh it would be really nice if i could some. I don't know. I'm. He had a, <laughs> apparently he had a gift with words. That's how could,
0: you would talk to them. Like, like, oh, i, I it would be it nice. Yeah, then. be so nice. That people know when I called <laughs> and they weren't there.
1: Uh, I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure that he had people pay for everything that he ever did.
0: And by, he made up his own crest, obviously. Yes. See, back before like Google and shit, mm-hmm. you could get away you could with do all anything. Kinds of stuff. I miss
1: those days. <laughs> God, computers You could,
0: (sighs) you really could be anyone.
1: You could. You could change your name every day. You could. (sighs) So, um, even though, a lot of people said that even though he was in his 20s during this time, that he acted much older, like he was, you know, in his 40s, like he was... What? He was like a, I don't know. That's what they said. That he was like very charming and that he like acted a lot older than he was.
0: I hate that because I never believe it.
1: Yeah, but all How these, old but can you at I mean, he's not saying that. All these other people are like... No,
0: I understand that, but I hate when people are like, oh, they're so much older. Than- well, I think
1: that they mean like, you know, he dressed really well. He,
0: he's not talking about like partying all yeah, the time. Like, like knew, how hard he, is it? He
1: was like very respectful. He had like impeccable manners. He seemed, yeah, but, he seemed know. to know a lot about a lot of things and he was able to carry on conversations.
0: Well, know your audience. You're not going to be like talking about... About things that aren't <laughs> relevant. Like if you're hanging out with like old people, then you're gonna act like an old person. Like that's just normal.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, so they all thought he was charming. Like even the men in the rich bitch era, they were like, "He's so cool. That guy could talk about anything. He
0: knows how to smoke a cigar. He does. So he's like old as
1: fuck." They were super impressed by him. Um, he joined like. Clubs like the Rotary Club and he became a member of the City Club.
0: Were they like sponsored?
1: Probably. Uh, this
0: is crazy. Yeah. Okay.
1: So a woman named Carol Campbell. Um CC. CC. There's a lot of C's in here. And she was the daughter of some fancy pants elite. Campbell something soup. or other. Yeah, maybe. She could have been a super.
0: Campbell Soup Fortune.
1: She was part of the soup family and she agreed to go on a date with him. She said that he picked oh, her up. Oh,
0: he asked someone his own age.
1: Well, I'm thinking on a date. it might have been like arranged through her parents.
0: Oh, they're like, this guy is this great. Guy's, yeah,
1: he comes from money. He's yeah. smart. He's like, a charmer.
0: And Carol's like, "Fuck, you guys, you need to stop. Yeah. I can pick my own." And
1: she was like, "Well, I guess dates. like whatever because they probably pressured her into going on a date with him." And she said that he picked her up in an old Datsun. Datsun, Datsun. 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 Even though he was, you know, supposedly flush with money, he picks her up uh, in just like beater. Yeah. And then she said that
0: I thought he didn't have a driver's license.
1: Well, he doesn't. Doesn't mean you can't drive.
0: Who bought him this beat up car?
1: I don't know. Someone.
0: You'd think he would have been able to schmooze like a nicer car. Oh, well, he's for working the date he's, at least. He's
1: working his way up. I don't know. Okay, that's what I. Uh, yeah,
0: I still think he's working hard enough, but okay.
1: <laughs> she said that the inside of the car was covered in yellow Post-it notes. That were all like messages to himself, like things to remember, things to do. I don't, I don't know what was written on them, but just covered in yellow post-it notes. Okay, um,
0: you're Chichester. <laughs> you know this is your car situation, yeah? Aren't you like, hey, my car's in the shop. We're gonna need to take yours tonight.
1: <laughs> you would assume. I mean, man, you should be a Chichester.
0: I feel like I.
1: That Would not lockdown. be very
0: good at infiltrating high society <laughs> just based on, like, my appearance alone. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I'm smarter than that.
1: Yeah. Well. You got to, like,
0: cover your tracks a little better. Did you just think he was, like, so good at, like, talking that it didn't matter?
1: Well, it seemed to work so far. It's like the guy you were talking about. Like, up until this point, everyone's believed everything that he's said.
0: Yeah, but no one's been in his car. Well, no <laughs> that's a dead giveaway,
1: so Carol said that they were supposed to go out to lunch, but instead, Clark ran errands and talked about himself the whole time.
0: That was the worst <laughs> date. Do you think he was trying to impress her with yeah. like the errands that he was running? where he's probably. like, "Oh, I have to pick up my dry cleaning. I get my clothes dry clean." And she's like, "So fucking what?" probably. Oh, God, I hate people who talk about themselves all the
1: time. <laughs> um, it's
0: like have some social awareness.
1: Well, I think she was like one of the only people in his life thus far that was like this guy because she after the date, she came home and she told her mom that she basically thought he was a lying piece of shit and that everything he said was made up and yeah. that she felt like he was super creepy. yeah. And the rest, but the rest of the town just fucking loved him. So much so that he was given his own TV show on public access television called Inside San Marino. So the show was him as the host and there was a teenage cameraman and a producer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They obviously didn't like him that much then.
1: I mean, he got a, sh- a show. He got like a With a, a
0: teenage cameraman? I'm I mean, sure there are plenty of teenagers somewhere. who are like great cameramen or whatever, but...
1: Yeah, well, it's public I mean, that's access. Pretty, so it's like amateur
0: get. hour.
1: Yeah, well. Well, he, so all the show was are basically... Are there clips
0: of the show?
1: I don't know. I didn't look. Oh,
0: my God. I want to watch it.
1: The show was basically him interviewing the who's who of San Marino. Who cares? Really. Even at one point, he interviewed the police chief
0: (laughs) okay okay
1: but you know i'm sure that
0: police chief like has nothing to do
1: (laughs) yeah and as you said who cares the show was not very successful and did not have a very big following but he was still able to schmooze with everyone and they trusted him and they were like, well, he has his own show, so, like, he must know Who what he's said doing. That? All the fancy people, they were like, this guy, the show's not very good, but at least he's got a show.
0: Okay.
1: He also seemed, like I said, to know everyone and have, like, incredible hookups, because at one point... A couple of his friends, they were like, yeah, this guy talks a lot, but, what? you know, whatever. I think it's a lot of Mm -hmm. talk. And he was like, no, you guys should come to this party that I'm going to go to this weekend. My friends, um, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and some other big name, you know, movie directors and actors are going to be there. And
0: why couldn't he get a show, like, not on public access? Well,
1: you got to start somewhere. Um, so they were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, you're going to get us into this fucking party with all these big, you know, er, mm-hmm. big names. But he was able to get them tickets to the party. And when they went, it wasn't just like, oh, he found tickets. Like, he was talking with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and all these big names. And they were like, buddy, buddy How? with him. And they, you know, oh, 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 Christopher or whatever your name is right now. Uh, you know, all that. How? I don't know. He, like, literally knew everybody at the party, and they knew him. So his friends were like, oh, this guy's legit, you know? What
0: the fuck?
1: So San Marino... I
0: just feel like you have all these connections. Like, why aren't you directing them to actually, like, help you out?
1: uh, Once again, maybe Why aren't
0: you, like, a producer on, like, some crazy movie or whatever?
1: I I'm, I don't know. Good questions, but I have no idea. So San Marino is apparently divided into three sections. The super elite, which is called Super San Marino.
0: Because they super. Super,
1: and it the wealthy elite.
0: Yeah.
1: Like the untouchables, basically. The richest basically. of the rich. Mm-hmm. And then there was... Regular you call them? untouchables.
0: No, I feel like that's the opposite.
1: No, no one can touch them. They've got all this money. They just pay people. Yeah, off but their in everything.
0: India, the untouchables are like the oh yeah lower caste. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, it works
1: both ways. Whatever, it works both they're ways. just fine. super, 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 super wealthy.
0: They're the ones who don't talk about money because it's gauche.
1: Yeah, and then there was regular San Marino, which is just oh. called San Marino.
0: The regular riches,
1: which, which housed doctors and we- wealthy professionals. oh like, Ugh, God.
0: They're, like, and working then, for their money.
1: Then there was even grosser sub-San Marino, which oh. housed lower-income people like teachers.
0: It's subpar. hmm Okay, here's the thing about that, though. At least... At least, like, the teachers and other, like, workers could actually live where they were teaching, unlike San Francisco, where, like, teachers can't really afford to live.
1: No, they all live on the outskirts.
0: Where they're, like, teaching, and yeah. firefighters can't yeah. afford to live where they're, like, putting out fires. Yep.
1: So America. why are they going to give a
0: shit when your house is on fire? They don't live there. They can't afford to.
1: The land of the free and poor.
0: I don't know. It's okay.
1: a, such bullshit. So, uh, as you might not have guessed... Clark lived in sub San Marino which I'm sure he did (gasps) not I'm sure he did not tell anyone where he actually lived well Mm. he lived there because he somehow had talked his way into living rent free in a little house that was behind a main house Mm. a
0: stepmother unit if you will
1: yes where this older woman named Didi Sohus lived and she was a reclusive alcoholic so I'm sure he was like easy you know it's easy to take advantage of this woman I get this free room and board
0: how did he even find her like how does he find these people I don't
1: know I don't know he might have put put an ad out again um I'm not sure but need
0: somewhere free to live
1: (laughs) yeah well he convinced her to let him live free in the back and she kept herself in the front and so everything was going good until Dee's son, John, and his wife, Linda, moved in with mm-hmm. Um The couple had been recently married and they were in their 20s and they both worked pretty, you know, pretty intensively. They were both, like, out of the house a lot working, but they sure. were both really happy. And... But the couple seemed to vanish shortly before Clark vanished from Dee's mother-in-law unit. Oh. In fact... In 1995, 10 years after the couple went missing, there was a segment on Unsolved Mysteries.
0: Yeah.
1: The segment was called San Marino Bones.
0: Oh. Which talked
1: about bones that were discovered in the yard when the new homeowners were having a pool dug up. Like dug, they were digging to. It's
0: always when you're. I want to say they're
1: they're digging for a pool, but it's not like there's a pool underneath that they have to like unbury. It's like they have to to dig a hole for the pool. Yeah,
0: they have to unbury the pool.
1: (laughs) So when they're digging, they found three plastic bags that contained bones in them.
0: I wonder how many pool putter inners (laughs) have dug up things. I'm a pool putter inner. Even like, you know, when you bury your cat in the backyard, oh, yeah. you know, like they have to dig up bones all the time. Well, especially for right? like,
1: a, for a lot of pools with like deep ends and stuff, you're digging like, what, seven feet down, eight feet At down? At least, yeah. I mean, it must You've be You've got to be digging up some stuff. Probably some cool artifacts too.
0: I would imagine.
1: Dinosaur bones, who knows?
0: Arrowheads. I want to be a
1: pool digger upper and find all the cool things.
0: Let's start a pool company
1: called pool digger uppers
0: yeah (sighs) we'll digger up your pool
1: the Chichesters. we're pool digger
0: uppers
1: (laughs) (laughs) so but we get to
0: keep anything we find
1: yeah finders keepers that's like uh, in our in our claws that's our crest oh finders (laughs) keepers (laughs) <laughs> you know that you're not part of the upper echelon when <laughs> your family motto is "finders keepers."
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There are some rich people who that's how they got their way. You that know, is true. finders keepers.
1: Even though someone else found it and you basically stole it, but finders keepers.
0: Yeah, looking at you, fucking Graham Bell.
1: <laughs> so, uh, blah, 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 blah. so the workers found bones. Yeah. And on the episode they of Unsolved Mysteries, they actually showed a picture of Clark asking yeah. anyone with information on him to come forward because... Ten years
0: after he had left. Yeah. So he had plenty of time to like...
1: Yeah, so he left okay. in 85 from Dee Dee's and then in 95, Unsolved Mysteries did a segment. Okay,
0: Unsolved Mysteries was like a great show Yes. because I think they got a lot yeah. of... Like, information and, like, could have, like, solved some shit. Yes. Like, we need good shows like that again. Yes. Like, Amer- I America's Most Show. Wanted mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good.
1: Yeah. So the, they were like, here's a picture of this man known as Christopher Chichester or Chris Crow or whatever he was going by at the time. And if you've seen him, please contact us. We just want to ask him some questions because he was one of the last people to see this couple alive. Or at all, just, you know. Mm. And Dee Dee, the mom, didn't report them missing for such a long time because right before they disappeared, they had told Dee Dee that they both had gotten government jobs that were very secretive and uh-uh. that they couldn't say more, but that they were... Nope. The plan was that, like, the job was in New York, so they were going to leave and go to New York for about two weeks. And like get set if up If you there. ever
0: get a secretive job, you better tell me what it is.
1: I can't. It's a government job. I, I don't give a it's shit. A I won't secret. tell, but you got to tell me. It's secrets. Um, and we're going to New York for two weeks to get set up and then we'll be no. back to get our stuff and then we're moving out there.
0: That is so suspicious. No.
1: It is suspicious. However, Didi is an alcoholic and she didn't think it was that suspicious. Well,
0: apparently they didn't either.
1: They didn't because um, Linda had actually called a friend of hers and told her, like, hey, we got we got jobs, so we're going to be gone. So it was like, you know, it wasn't just Deedee Dee saying And the that.
0: friend was like, is this a job you applied for?
1: Yeah.
0: Or did someone, like, send you a note in the, in the mail? Like, you got you <laughs> In crayon writing. <laughs> the CIA wants you.
1: Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure, but she did talk to a couple of friends and told them that she Aww. had just gotten a new job. And I think like she had said she applied and then they, the, the government found out that uh, John was qualified too and they were like, well, we'll just hire both of you. Both no. of you fly out to New York. And we'll no. get you set up. No. Well, Linda's sister was very suspicious because Good. she was like, Linda, um, Linda is someone that like communicated with her a lot. Yeah. And she hadn't heard from her sister in a while. Aww. And so she reported them missing. Good. But, like, police couldn't really do anything because what they didn't. Why did
0: they have to go on? Yeah, they had
1: nothing to go on, and so they would periodically go to Dee Dee's house and ask her where her son and daughter in law were, and she was always like, you know, drunk and slurring her words. And oh, Dee Dee. She told she would always tell them that John and Le- John and Linda, were on a secret government mission, and that she she had a source who knew where they were and was giving her updates on their mission. So they didn't have to worry, and they weren't missing. Like, she'd be like, "Ah, how many times do I have to tell you? They're not missing. They're on a secret mission.
0: So she's getting updates, but they're not, like, writing letters or calling or anything. they can't.
1: They -hmm. can only talk through their source.
0: Okay, if they can talk through a source, they can (laughs) talk to their mom. No. Like, no. No,
1: government says. Well, once Clark left Dee Dee's house, she got concerned because, as you probably guessed, there you go, bullshit. Clark was the source. And now that he's gone, she wasn't sure where her son and daughter-in-law were or where he went. What
0: a scumbag.
1: So she finally decided to report them missing. So it's like 10 years later or something, she reports them missing. Oh, my God. A neighbor had reported that about the time that John and Linda supposedly left for New York, that Clark borrowed a chainsaw from him. (gasps) <gasps> yeah, although uh, one of the Sevillo kids said that like, they couldn't imagine that he would have done anything with the chainsaw since he was too lazy to pick up any kind of tool and he yeah, never did anything. Yeah, but it's out of
0: necessity, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, if he's
0: trying to like save his own situation, mm-hmm. for sure he's going to do the work.
1: Mm-hmm. And then at this around the same time that... The couple went missing one of clark's friends came over to his mother-in-law unit and they were playing board games and she like looked out the backyard and noticed that there were a bunch of dug up spots in the backyard uh-uh. and she was like hey what's going on with your yard and he was like oh don't worry about it there's just we're having plumbing issues so don't worry about it nothing to be concerned about and she was like okay
0: She's like I'm already afraid for my life coming down to sub San Marino yeah, it's and then you're having plumbing sketchy. issues. Yeah. Never coming here again.
1: Mm-mm. Must have been flushing too many needles. Gross. Disgusting. So, the bones that were found were most likely that of John and because they also found bits of clothing that looked Uh-oh. like clothes that he would have worn, but yeah. everything was like really, you know, Damaged and there wasn't well. Much this is left. like the eighty, yeah, 90s? 95 was when.
0: So like, so like
1: can't 90s, do yeah. DNA. You know, I was wondering about that, but I, I didn't find anywhere on this on this one article um, that said they did any kind of DNA testing. Well, just, I don't
0: think. Back then, back then it was like you needed like a lot yeah. of DNA. I don't think they were doing like bone marrow or anything at that point.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but there's any left even. Yeah, they just thought that they, it was probably John's remains, um, and there was no trace of Linda though. So was like there all, a
0: sign that they had been cut with a chainsaw.
1: It didn't seem like the the bones weren't cut. As far as I can tell. Okay. So I'm not sure, but I mean, there were three- Was he like
0: using a chainsaw to dig holes?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there were cuts. I'm not 100% sure. There wasn't much information on what they actually found other than three plastic bags that had bones in them and all the bones were from one body.
0: Then that means they had to be like the body was taken apart somehow.
1: Dismembered, yeah. He might have like chainsawed the ligaments, and the bones weren't.
0: Okay, out. I don't
1: want to talk about it anymore. Okay, okay, well you brought it up. So I know. You're about I Chopping up bodies. All right.
0: I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, like I said, there was no trace of Linda though that they could find, and also John's truck was stolen, uh, and it turned up in Connecticut. And a mm. man named hmm. Christopher Crowe tried to sell this truck to the son of a local minister in Connecticut. But the guy declined when the seller, a.k.a. Christopher Crowe, didn't have the title of the truck.
0: Uh, good. You're not trying to buy a stolen vehicle. Yeah. He was like,
1: I'm good. Um, wow. So, but, but Clark needed to get rid of it. So he just ditched it somewhere in Connecticut. Sure. So now we're back in Connecticut. And he's going by Christopher Crowe and he started doing his schmoozing again. And he's, I
0: can't believe he drove it that far
1: mm-hmm. without a license. How irresponsible!
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, just like that's quite the feat to like, be like, I need to leave town, I'm gonna steal this person's truck. I could get caught, it's gonna take me like days to get mm-hmm. out there. I could get caught any of these days
1: mm-hmm.
0: with a truck that's not under my name and I don't have a license
1: yeah, but up until this far, he's not been caught for anything. So that's just know. crazy. So he's uh, he's joining all the elite private clubs and talking to all the older ladies and getting working his way up the
0: food chain. Food
1: chain, yeah, the social pyramid. One day he was at the Indian Harbor Yacht Club, acting like hot shit when he started chatting with someone from a leading brokerage firm called S.N. Phelps and Company. And this guy's like, I like the cut of your jib, Clark. I mean, Chris, Christopher, the fuck's your name now? I don't remember. Uh, I'm going to get you an interview at my work. And so he got an interview with well-known venture capitalist Stan Phelps. Phelps hired...
0: no... Nothing. No background in this at no all. No resume,
1: nothing. Um, Phelps hired Clark as a, quote, unquote, computer whiz. What? Yeah. Apparently, he was really good with computers. Okay. And according to a fellow employee at the firm, quote, this guy, Christopher Crow, looked like he was worth a million bucks, the way he dressed, the way he carried himself, his air always had custom-made shirts with his monogram, CCC, on the pocket. The Burberry Raincoat. He said he was a producer from L.A. who had done all of the Alfred Hitchcock remakes. And if you go back 20 years, there was a Christopher Crowe who was a producer. So it all checked out.
0: I just feel like, of all the movies, (laughs) pick Uh, a better... I mean, I've never seen the remakes, but why would they remake Hitchcock? I don't know. I wouldn't imagine they'd be very good.
1: I don't know. We'll have to investigate.
0: It's just that CCC thing he mm, likes so it much. He does
1: like the C's. He was hired as the computer guy, but he was often found in the trading room chatting it up with all the traders. Traders. Mostly he was chatting about himself. Ugh. I hate him, yeah. He would talk about like made up family members, like, Oh, my mom is in France right now, like doing this or that, and like, I'm gonna go out there. And my, my mom, Kathy
0: Rockefeller, Kathy
1: Rockefeller, Susan Rockefeller, uh, uh, uh
0: Susie Candy, Susie Joe <laughs> Rockefeller,
1: Candy Rockefeller, yeah. Um, and he would like to. All, talk about all the cool things that he was doing and all the places that he was going, and and
0: they're like, who cares? How he was so
1: rich. He even had a picture of a mansion printed out, like on photo paper, that he was showing his coworkers. And he's like, "This is my mansion in France. Isn't it cool?" And they were like, "I just well, like carry it around like, with
0: mm-hmm. me so I can look at it all the time I to look
1: at it and daydream." But unfortunately for him, that job was somewhat short lived because
0: he wasn't working.
1: Well, no, that wasn't the problem. The problem was that when they entered the social security number he had written down on the hiring form, they were like, weird, this is not connected to Christopher Crow. Uh, not only was this not his number, but it was the social security number of David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam, serial killer. So... How? <laughs> Needless to say, he was let go. I have no idea how he got that information, but he did.
0: You think he knew?
1: Of course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances that he just made up numbers and it would go back to a serial killer?
0: Well, that's, I don't know.
1: I, think I mean, he you knew. just kind
0: of like pick some numbers and.
1: I think he knew.
0: Well, that's for, okay.
1: Well, don't worry about him because he was able to land a job right after.
0: Well, when you get your green card, do you get a social security number? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, he was soon hired to head a department in the U.S. offices of Nico Securities Limited, with an estimated base salary. So it was just the base salary. So we was how making did he get another more... job? I don't because he just he can talk his way into anything.
0: God, I do not have that skill at I all. I need
1: to learn that, yes.
0: Fuck, but his, I think it might be too late.
1: His base salary was $150,000. A year? A year. Fucking I. Just the base, so you know How he was do making more than I get that job? That.
0: Uh-huh. I feel like I'm more qualified than this guy 100%. for like all these jobs.
1: <laughs> and he, like you said, got the job with no degrees, no experience, just the gift of bullshittery. His coworkers at Phelps could not figure out how he managed to get that job.
0: Yeah, no one can.
1: But he was shortly promoted to vice president of the company.
0: Because he was so good at his
1: uh-huh.
0: entry-level job.
1: He just he could just talk himself into anything how
0: do you do that and then he's like talking about himself all the time Mm -hmm. what i just don't understand he doesn't seem charming at all
1: (laughs) one staff member said quote it was obvious he had no experience but he certainly knew how to walk the walk he was hired as sales manager of corporate bonds but he had never sold a corporate bond
0: i mean that's pretty typical though the administrative He's, positions go to people who have never done the thing that they're supposed to be in charge
1: of. Oh, yeah, nepotism. Everyone, all those assholes get hired and because they know someone that knows someone. Well, not, not just that, though. Also, do.
0: like, edu- like they go to school for something different. Like, you know, teachers go to school to be teachers and then administrators go to school to be administrators to tell the teachers how to run their own classrooms even though they've never been in a classroom. Sure. It's like that, too.
1: That, that does happen, but a lot of times it's people get hired and have no reason to be hired at a position, but because yeah, they know sure someone, too. they're going to get a position, a high-paying position. And... I
0: mean, look at our last presidential cabinet. Shh,
1: fuck, yeah. Ugh. Don't look. Kay. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, so he... Yeah. So the coworker was like, "Yeah, he had no idea what he was doing, and it was pretty Obviously. obvious."
0: Well, the other thing too is like, someone like him is not trying to impress the underlings. You yeah. know, anyone he sees as beneath him, he's not going to try and impress them. Yeah, he right. saves it all for like the sure. So he can't like fool the people who are on his level or like below him.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right because that doesn't help him climb the ladder. <laughs> um, but he was eventually fired from that job. I'm because he su-
0: can't
1: do it. I'm not sure why, but he uh, managed to get yet another job. He had no business getting.
0: Jesus.
1: But because at the time the Connecticut State Troopers had found John's abandoned truck mm-hmm. and I think that they you know saw the unsolved mysteries and saw his picture, so they were looking for him and he so he got he gets hired and then like within like a week, he tells his new coworkers that he has to quit because his parents need his help. You see, uh, they went missing in Afghanistan, and he had to go look for them.
0: He's going to go look yeah, for them.
1: So, like, thanks for giving me this job, but I gotta go. My parents went missing.
0: So he abandons this truck in Connecticut, and then sticks around Connecticut. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, I just feel like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. he's just sloppy. Mm.
1: Hmm. And then he disappeared again.
0: To Afghanistan to save his parents.
1: Right. But what he really did was he moved uh, to New York, I believe, and he became Clark Rockefeller. And to pull this off, because he's a Rockefeller now, he's got to be loaded with money. Right. Uh, Some people said that the money, uh, that he got the money from hoarding what he was making at his high-paying jobs. Yeah, um, and then others say that he might have gotten some money at the horse race tracks, because his, what he called his godfather, who uh-huh. was a New York businessman, was always at the race tracks and like was pretty good at the tracks. So they think like maybe he got some pointers from him or like went to the tracks and won a bunch of money.
0: Charming.
1: Very cute.
0: How reliable is that though? Oh. I, I guess know. unless you got some insider information,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, he vowed never to return to Connecticut again, and he told all his new socialite friends that it was because his parents were murdered there.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Anyway, so he gets things going again, you know, finds a church, the St. Thomas Church.
0: See, he does not seem lazy to me. Uh,
1: no. And he's meeting the Higher Echelon Society. And, and he, uh, he got himself a purebred Gordon setter named Yates. Yeah, that's a
0: rich name. And
1: that's when he started amassing his large collection of modern art. Um, uh, during you mean this he
0: started painting his collection yeah, of modern art? Uh,
1: probably. He, uh, during this time, started acting a bit paranoid um, around his... F-
0: oh, gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. It's not like people are after him and he's, like, wanted.
1: Well, he did, like, a weird thing where he would wear this, like, earpiece thing that he told his friends was connected to a security detail that was, like, constantly trailing him. And he had to, like, check in with them and, like, make sure that... Because he's a Rockefeller. They, they got to make sure that he's okay and he's safe. So he would, like, you know, be having lunch and be like, oh, hang on a second. And then he'd, like, pretend to talk into his earpiece, like... It's all good, all clear over here. Don't worry. Or like, you know, what's, Okay, what's first that? of all so I got I gotta go. The security says that uh First I got to of all, go.
0: the security are the ones who wear the earpiece, not the well, they, person they're like watching.
1: Well, they have to contact him when he's in danger. No,
0: they're supposed to be <laughs> watching him at all times. What do you mean? Second of all, he's like, Oh yeah, they're just you'll they're so good, you're never gonna see them. That's yeah. like how good they are.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: But like it kind of made some of the friends believe that he was a Rockefeller because they were like, Yeah, they were like, Well, he must be rich and important if he's got security detail
0: that you never see. And he's the one wearing the earpiece, like he's had security.
1: <laughs> no, these it was for contacting him. And they kept are their other distance. rich people like
0: start suddenly getting these. They're like, Oh, we got to do that gotta too. Get the earpieces. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Yeah. Um, so he moved into this apartment building and his next door neighbor was this art dealer. And he he told her, you know, when they met that he was working on solving third world debt, specifically in the Pacific Rim.
0: Oh, damn. It's like,
1: wow, what a great guy. Um, How th-
0: philanthropic of yeah, you. Yeah,
1: he and the art dealer became friends and he told her about his parents' tragic death in a car accident when he was just 16 just in before, Connecticut? I don't know where he said that that happened. Afghanistan. Afghanistan, Connecticut.
0: Somewhere else. Uh,
1: and he said that that happened just before he went off to Harvard. Okay. She also learned that he was kind of weird. Like,
0: oh, like he got accepted to Harvard early because he was so smart? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, he, She learned that he never ate in restaurants because, as he said, you can't trust the kitchen.
0: Or just that he was poor and he couldn't afford to eat in restaurants.
1: Yeah. And his diet consisted mainly of cucumber and watercress tea sandwiches.
0: That's delicious.
1: Only on Pepperidge Farm bread with the crusts removed.
0: Well, you have to remove a crust on a tea sandwich, but also that's weird (laughs) bread choice.
1: And he had to have the Pepperidge Farm cookies, preferably the Nantucket variety.
0: I just feel like you're like... So rich. I mean, for, like, poor people, Pepperidge Farm cookies are pretty pricey, Mm -hmm. you know, compared Mm -hmm. to other cookies. Mm -hmm. But, like, for rich people, shouldn't you be getting, like, imported (laughs) fancy-ass cookies from, like, France?
1: A a French
0: bakery or something? Nope.
1: He had his preference. He also said that his favorite food was haggis,
0: a Scottish dish.
1: And his drink of choice was Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry. To all this weirdness, the art dealer was like... She said, you just think, oh, well, he's a Rockefeller. He's eccentric. So she kind of just, like, brushed it all off. as like, eh, whatever. Whatever. I'm
0: looking up Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry. It's, like, not even an expensive one. (laughs) His, like, favorite things are, like, cheap shit. Like, why Mm -hmm. aren't they catching on? Well. Also, how are you going to live off of uh, cucumber sandwiches? They are delicious, but how are you going to live off of that?
1: I mean, cucumbers and bread are pretty cheap.
0: Let's buy a bottle of this sherry <laughs> and then pretend we're in Fraser and drink sherry.
1: Oh, it's funny that you say that, but I'm going to get to it later.
0: But let's do it, okay? It's like okay. you get a bottle for like anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks.
1: Okay, well, we have to wear suits while we drink it, though.
0: Okay, I'll wear my opera. Armani suit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean suits? I don't own a suit. We
1: got to wear suits and talk about the opera.
0: Okay, I'll wear a gown. You wear black tie.
1: Also, I want to get a bumper sticker that says, "I support the opera and I vote." Isn't yeah,
0: <laughs> we gotta get it. Except for I don't really love the opera.
1: Well, we're all a bunch of liars.
0: Anyway, <laughs>
1: so um, he Clark told the uh, art uh, dealer,
0: suspicious art dealer,
1: that he had inherited um, a bunch of art. And he wanted her to appraise the pieces in his collection.
0: That's Uh, risky.
1: He said that his great aunt Blanchette Rockefeller, now that's a Rockefeller name.
0: See, that's a rich name.
1: Who was a real person, and she was the benefactor of the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And he said that she had left him some art. So the art dealer was like, okay, that's kind of believable, like she was real and she did own a museum or was a benefactor of a museum, so like, maybe she did give him some paintings. Sure. And then he also asked her if she could help him find a bigger apartment because he needed a bigger place to display all his wonderful art pieces yes, and of also course. that he was going to be married soon. He t- To
0: whom? He
1: did not have a lady of choice. He just felt that... It's time to get married, so he wanted to have a house that he could, like, bring a woman home to.
0: That is so romantic. (laughs) I'm going to get married soon. I don't know to Mm -hmm, mm whom yet, mm -hmm. but rest assured, I'm going to get married.
1: I'm tying that knot with someone.
0: I just feel like that's so risky that, like, he's created these artworks and then he's, like, having her appraise them.
1: Well... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think that he... I don't know that he created them. I think he might have bought them or something. I don't know. He might okay. have. I don't know. Anyway, so Clark is on the hunt for his wife. And
0: Ew, <laughs> I hate that.
1: And, you know, he goes to church every Sunday. And he ended up meeting a woman at church named Julia Boss. And he was like, ooh, and she was like, sorry, bud, I'm engaged already. And then he was like, oh, no, but you're my my wife. And then she was like, no, but guess what, though? I do have a twin sister. No. And she is single. And he was no. like. No, what
0: are the chances? He's
1: like, fuck yeah.
0: Also, s- that was a bad call. Hmm. Of a sister to be like, oh, I don't know this dude, but let me, like, set you up with my twin.
1: Well, I think, like, she knows him through... Church? Church. And, like, Uh -uh. he's friends with all the higher-ups in the church, and everyone's, like, knows him, and he's all posh, and he's like, look at my mansion in France. And she's like, my sister would love that. So her sister, Sandra was a Stanford graduate attending Harvard Business School. Damn. And very single.
0: Smarty pants.
1: Yes. And Julia was like, hey, you want to meet Sandra? And Clark was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but he didn't want to just like take her out to dinner. He wanted to impress her. In his Rockefeller way, so he wanted to meet her in a fancy way. So he was like, "You know what's gonna be really cool is if I throw a party at my house, in her honor. But I'm not gonna tell her it's her honor. I'm just gonna throw a party, just specifically to meet her." Creepy. And he, I mean, this sounds like a fun party. He, It was a Clue-themed party.
0: Oh, I do like that. And
1: everyone had a dress and character.
0: That is pretty fun. And it
1: was like a murder mystery um, party, which kind of okay. sounds awesome. And Clark played Professor Plum.
0: Oh. And
1: Sandra played as... Miss
0: Scarlet. You got it.
1: Miss Scarlet.
0: She's the only hot one. They tried to make, like, Miss Peacock hot or whatever, but really, we all know who the hot one is. Miss
1: Peacock and Miss White. Miss White?
0: Miss White?
1: Mrs. White? Mrs. White? I don't know.
0: Anyway, we all know Miss Scarlet's the hot one.
1: So the two hit it off at the party, and they had a great time, and they started a relationship that flourished. And soon after they were married... Obviously, no Rockefeller, or sorry, soon after they were married. But obviously,
0: (laughs) period. (laughs) But
1: obviously, no Rockefeller showed up to the wedding.
0: Obviously.
1: But he was able to make up a bunch of excuses as to why they couldn't come.
0: They're so busy. Mm -hmm. They're in a different country. They don't approve of me. I'm not one of them. Or, like,
1: we don't want the publicity. (laughs) Like, we would rather just keep this kind of quiet. I don't know.
0: Okay, you're going to marry someone and they're like none of my family's coming.
1: <laughs> I'm from a Here very wealthy huge wealthy family but mm-hmm. no one can come. Not even cousin uh, not even cousin Nancy.
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: No. None of them could no. come.
0: Listen, if you're going to marry someone and none of their family members can come
1: and they red say flag. they have family members that they get along with, red flag.
0: Yeah, they haven't like cut them off cuz mm-hmm. they're super toxic or whatever, yeah. but
1: yeah. Um, so they were married in a Quaker ceremony.
0: Cute.
1: Which apparently the Quakers the Quakers don't really do, like, the legal bits of marriage. They just do, like, the ceremony, but it's, like, up to you to actually get your license and everything. That's how
0: all of them are, though.
1: Uh, you always have
0: to go to the courthouse and get
1: your yeah, marriage
0: I, certificate.
1: That's what I thought, too, but, like, for yeah. some reason they really, like, Drove it home in this article that the Quakers don't really do any of the legal stuff.
0: Well, I guess in some ceremonies you have them like sign it. Yeah, there, I think you bring your you're papers. Like, oh, and have you have to have, the have witness like sign it and whatever, the witness but, and the
1: officiant. Afic- but not all aficion-
0: of them. I feel like a lot of people get married before they get married, before they get married in a religious way.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I, I don't know. They were really talking about how the Quakers don't do any of that stuff, and that it was uh, that. Sandra and Clark decided that it was Clark's duty to like file all the paperwork at the court.
0: I wonder why they chose Quaker. I don't know. He's like, I'm a Quaker. And I'm she's Quaker. like, chill. Yeah. Even though we don't go to a Quaker church. I was just going
1: to say, even though our church. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay.
1: Well, I don't know if she went to that church. Her sister might have gone to the church. But he, so he never filed the paperwork. So they had the wedding like show, the wedding performance. Mm hmm. But they were not legally married.
0: Wow.
1: Which is confusing as to how they got a divorce if they weren't legally married, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Although how that if works.
0: she kept everything, like that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it was all hers to begin with.
0: Or maybe they had like common law or something. It there. could be, yeah. Why wouldn't he want to marry her though? Then you get like half and shit.
1: Well, because if he I think he would have to show his documents that he was Clark Rockefeller.
0: Well, he got married before.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, his green card doesn't reflect that he's Clark Rockefeller. I don't know. Like, he has no oh. documents. He's got no documents okay. to prove that he is. Okay. So they settled into their married life, and they lived mostly in New York, and...
0: That's m- so crazy, like, marrying someone you, you, like, do not know.
1: You think you do. Oh... Uh, Uh, and he said that he ran a business advising third world countries on their finances. Oh,
0: he's still on that trip?
1: Yeah. So that's how he explained to Sandra why he made no money at his job Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: he said the people he was helping were dirt poor and- But he doesn't
0: even like travel or anything.
1: He's on the phone advising.
0: On his little earpiece?
1: Yeah. security (laughs) earpiece. Uh, it
0: doubles as an international caller to all these people who don't have money and don't have phones, but I can call them telepathically through my right. earpiece.
1: Well, Sandra assumed that, like, he's a Rockefeller, so he's got money, so he doesn't need to work for money, you know. he can Right, do this
0: like volunteer.
1: Philanthropic stuff. And she was actually making a lot of money. She had a very high-paying job with a company called McKinsey & Company, um, which is a consulting firm advising the world's leading businesses, governments, and institutions, whose staff included former CIA operatives and future Enron executives. Which, oh, we know who that went. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they should have uh, <laughs> sought their own advice, maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe they did, and that's why they got fucked. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> anyway, so she's rocking it and making all kinds of money and was moving up the ladder at work. And she was also the youngest woman ever to be elected the director of the company. Damn, yes.
0: good for you.
1: Yeah. Of Sandra or Sandra, a friend says, She's a very quiet woman. I just remember the way she would say his name absolutely two syllables. Oh, Clark and he would call her Sandra. So I think that her name was Sandra but he would call her Ugh. Sandra cuz it sounds fancier. Gross. But the friend wasn't impressed by him. Um I feel
0: like no one their <laughs> like his age is.
1: Yeah, she said I was repulsed by the name dropping and the and yes. the, the excessive wealth and the khaki pants and the polo shirt.
0: Gross.
1: Also yeah. they she said, also, they weren't really people that you wanted to be around. They weren't warm. This is
0: what she's saying of her friend, her friend and her yeah. friend's husband? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think other people were excited to be with a Rockefeller. It didn't matter how awkward it was to be with them. Wow. It was worth it because they were Rockefellers.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So as Sandra moved that up sucks. at work. That sucks. Like,
0: those are your friends? Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for Sandra. Sandra,
1: I know, but it seems like she's like pretty much at work all the time.
0: Mm. Uh, Yeah, because with friends like that, wants to hang out with them. (laughs) Like, oh, I hate hanging out with her, but now she's a Rockefeller, so I guess. I I
1: hate it, but whatever. When I can be like, I'm going to the Rockefellers tonight. (sighs) So as Sandra moved up at work, she was home less and less, and that gave Clark time to walk the dog around the town and meet the who's who of the town and the people he would meet would invite him to exclusive clubs and parties and events just like everywhere else that he ever went
0: he's living his dream Mm -hmm.
1: and he would meet more influential people and they were all excited because they got to hang out with a rockefeller the marriage soon began falling apart, and Sandra said Clark became controlling, paranoid, and difficult.
0: I just feel like he's living his dream, and now he's like fucked it up <laughs> by being an asshole. I guess he can't help it. He kind of is an asshole. Yeah. So it was going to come out at some point.
1: Uh, yeah, someone's going to. But gonna it's
0: like see you it. only see her a couple hours a day. You can't keep it together for that long. Right?
1: Like, whoa. Yeah. In early 2000, Sandra left Clark due to the abuse. Good. But like many abuse situations, he was able to convince her to get back together and that he was going to change.
0: It takes time. It takes a few times to leave.
1: And she said that when they got back together, he was back to his old self when they first met. And that she was happy again for a short time.
0: Of course. Classic.
1: But then she was kind of like, I don't know. I might want to leave. But then they found out that she was pregnant. Oh, honey. So they decided that they were going to make things work for the child. Uh, around this time, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but the article said that some incident happened in a park between Clark and a woman. Uh,
0: a- um, and was he doing his Monday fun day trolling?
1: He might have been. or I have no idea what happened. But the police came to Clark and Saunders' house, And, you know, they're knocking on the door and he answers it and he talks with them and then he like brushed them off and was like, oh, she's lying. Like, I don't know what happened. I was here the whole time. You know, I'm a Rockefeller. People are always trying to get my money and trying to blame me for things. Mm -hmm. And then after the police left, he told Sandra that they were going to move to New Hampshire because he didn't like Manhattan
0: I mean, who does? But <laughs> like he's making the decisions, she's like making the money and he's like, Okay, we're leaving now.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I
0: fucked up, now we're leaving. Well, yeah. he probably got all controlling because who know he was probably trolling for like other women and then got all paranoid that she would like leave him when he when she's his meal ticket. Like, she's the one making all the money, she's the one like mm-hmm. doing all the whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wish, she's way too good
0: for him. I
1: wish I knew what the incident was, but they just said it was an incident. Hmm. So they do move to New Hampshire.
0: And he's a creepy creeperson. He probably it is, is creeping on her.
1: He does. He is creepy. He looks creepy. Um I have to see. So they moved to New Hampshire to an upscale ritzy neighborhood where his neighbors were famous artists and novelists. He told the people there that they had moved to New Hampshire to be in between Boston, where his wife worked, and Canada, where he worked as a scientist creating jet engines for (laughs) rockets.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, So dumb. Uh,
1: The residents of this town were all very wealthy, but they were the wealthy type that, you know, never spoke of money, Yeah. Or flaunted anything other than their big house, but like. Because that's gauche. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Clark liked to show off his perceived wealth, and some days he would ride up and down the neighborhood on a Segway wearing a Yale baseball hat.
0: Uh. No. (laughs) No.
1: He also, without his driver's license, Acquired about 22 cars that he kept on their 25-acre property.
0: What? hmm Why?
1: For show, because he could have it.
0: What the fuck?
1: When he wanted to go somewhere, though, an armored Cadillac with a driver would come pick him up and take him wherever he wanted to go.
0: Armored?
1: Cadillac, yes.
0: So these cars are just sitting.
1: They're just for show. He literally They're not being
0: bought, used at all. He bought
1: all these luxury vehicles just to be like, look how much money I have.
0: What the fuck? Yeah. Okay.
1: On May 24th, 2001, Sandra and Clark's daughter was born. Um, a Boston deputed police superintendent, Thomas Lee, said the one real thing in his life was his daughter and his love for his daughter. Everything else has been a fraud.
0: Well, yeah, because his daughter is like an extension of him.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Clark insisted that Snooks take her mother's last name to prevent reverse discrimination based on the attention she would get with a name like Rockefeller.
0: Okay, but with all the money and shit, she's still going to go to like the best schools ever. What do you mean? Mm-hmm.
1: In 2000- also,
0: that was a weird, like, just because it's not his real name? I think so. Okay. Yeah and and she was like
1: yeah cool yeah plus her last name is boss that's pretty badass
0: yeah she's a boss
1: yeah in 2006 when snooks was 5 sandra insisted um that they put her in school cuz up until this point clark had been homeschooling her they got her into a school
0: why are you homeschooling a baby what do you mean?
1: Well, like instead of preschool or like, you know No,
0: you don't homeschool daycare. for preschool. Preschool is about kids playing with each other and learning social interaction. How are you gonna learn that at home? Not when
1: you're a Rockefeller.
0: Homeschooling social interaction and all things.
1: No, so. no. He's teaching her all kinds of stuff. He like by the time she was two, she could read. No. By the time she was five, she could draw out the periodic table from no. memory and tell you Why? what each of the elements were. No. Yes.
0: That's fucked.
1: He would like take her to the library with him all the time and read what two year old wants to
0: sit and read. They want to be read too.
1: Snooks does.
0: No, Snooks doesn't.
1: <laughs> so uh, they tried to get her into this like elite school, I think in New Hampshire. Uh, but she got accepted into this other elite school in Boston. So they decided to once again move.
0: Oh my God. And
1: that's where Sandra bought the $2.7 million home in uh, the four story that we talked about earlier. During the same time, Clark stayed home and took care of the house and snooks when she wasn't in school, while Sandra worked all the time. So. You know, he would take care of her, and then in the morning, he would walk her to the bus stop, which I'm not sure why she didn't have her own Cadillac to go to school. But
0: Yeah, why isn't her armored Cadillac? Oh, because um, of the reverse discrimination, right. I'm sure she had
1: her earpiece so that if anything <laughs> went wrong on the bus, she could yeah. contact the uh, unit to come and rescue her.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, yeah. So he would drop her off at the bus stop, and then he would like take the dog out and go once again, schmoozing with the elites that apparently just wander around.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> they probably have like a locked uh, park or whatever, like a
1: gated park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon or uh, as you can guess, the the marriage soon fell apart again, and Sandra this time had him served with di- divorce papers while kind she was of- away on a business trip. Good and Clark obviously was distraught since his meal ticket was about to leave. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: He told his friends that his wife had bled him of his riches.
0: Oh, my God.
1: A friend said that he told them that uh, Sandy only wanted my money. She married me because I'm a Rockefeller, and now she wants everything. Oh, now she's Sandy? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, not that she's been working her ass off.
1: No. Well, he said, like, he had you know that what the money that she made was like barely anything in comparison to what he had even though she uh-huh. was making something like $300,000 a year. Damn. Sandra's dad decided to do some digging into his son-in-law because he wow. was he was concerned that Clark might be stealing money from Sandra.
0: Uh yeah.
1: Or that he if he was in fact a Rockefeller, he was Hiding Rockefeller money, and that yeah. she was entitled to a bunch yeah, of money yeah, like
0: why are you spending all my daughter's money only? Why mm-hmm. aren't you contributing to this
1: marriage? Yeah, so one of the things that he found out that Clark lied about, I guess he had told um, he had told Sandra's parents that his mother was this woman named Ann Carter, who was a former child star, mm-hmm. and he told them that she had died in a car crash. But it didn't take too much digging to find out that Ann Carter was very much alive. Ooh. And that she did not have a son named Clark. Oh. So things begun to unravel. So Sandra hired her own private investigator, and because he couldn't prove who he was, she ended up getting everything in the divorce, including custody of Snooks.
0: Well, his name isn't even, uh, like...
1: It's not. Real. I mean, I
0: guess maybe the name's on the birth certificate or whatever, but like yeah. he can't even prove it's him. Yeah, so, exactly. how is he going to get custody of his kid? Uh, yeah. Wow.
1: He ended up giving up his rights to Snooks in exchange for $800,000.
0: He sold his child.
1: Mm-hmm. After the exchange, Sandra moved her and Snooks to London, and Clark immediately regretted his decision. Of giving uh, up Snooks.
0: Yeah, because he thought, like, he thought he already weaseled his way back in once. Mm-hmm. That he'd be able to, like, have control over her forever, I'm sure.
1: And he needed the money right now because he's got to support his wealthy habits.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he thought he could get money out of her forever. Just yeah. being like, oh, I need the money to, like, support Snooks and we need somewhere to live that's, like, safe and whatever for when mm-hmm. she comes to visit and
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever, whatever, whatever.
1: Uh, to make himself feel better, he went to parties with his hoity-toity friends and flirted with the wealthy women. He actually told one woman that the character Niles Crane from Frasier was based on him. Okay.
0: I love Niles <laughs> Crane, but he's so finicky and, like, not the greatest. He's the Why greatest. Why would you pick him? him?
1: He's actually the best.
0: Okay, but in real life, if you knew someone that snobby (laughs) and, like, pretentious and just fucking all around, like, so finicky, I don't know.
1: He's fancy, and he drinks sherry, and he goes to the opera, and he, like, makes a lot of money.
0: Yeah, but he's also super judgy and, like...
1: Well, also, he is kind of like Niles Crane in that he married a wealthy, wealthy woman... I mean, that's true. ...who pays for everything. That's true. Uh, and that once that money's taken away, you got to go live at the Shangri-La. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs>
1: Where your bed folds out from the wall. So uh, he also told another woman that he was a Yale graduate and he was a single father by surrogacy. No. And that he was on his way to China to work as a nuclear physicist.
0: Okay, he's really stepping it up with like the science <laughs> yeah, jobs yeah. now. It's like I just feel like you run into one wrong person who mm-hmm. knows something or two or a thing or two about science and you're fucked. You mm. don't know I mean, I don't know, maybe he does know, but I
1: Well, I don't know. that lady said she knew that he was bullshitting her. So, she probably yeah, knew a I bit Yeah, I feel about like science. he's
0: unraveling. <laughs> he's unraveling.
1: Um, yeah. So, he's kind of losing it. And people are starting to see right through him.
0: Okay, so we're going to buy a bottle of sherry. whatever buttercream, whatever the fuck butter sherry cream. that was. I don't remember. It was a weird name. I don't know what it was. But
1: And pepperidge gonna... bread. and
0: I don't know if I want the bread, but I will get well, the cookies. We
1: have to try it.
0: And we're going to make some, some little uh, cucumber sandwiches.
1: Yeah, and we're going to make tiny tea with like yeah. t- with our Coke spoons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Okay.
1: And we'll watch Frasier
0: and we'll become real smart.
1: Okay. We got to pick up all the lingo so we can like schmooze with the elite and become the elite itself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll infiltrate from the
1: outside in. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think that means we're going to have to start going to some fancy churches.
0: We'll all be Candy Rockefeller.
1: Candy Rockefeller and I'll be Dandy Rockefeller and we'll be twins. <gasps> oh,
0: my God. Cute.
1: <laughs> so back to the kidnapping. Oh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So by this time, 20 FBI agents and five days of chasing him later, a realtor called the FBI and said that he had just sold a house to someone who looked an awful lot like the wanted man in the photo.
0: Wow. Like, I just feel like, you know, you're on the run. Go to a different country, first of all, always. Second of all, what was his plan here? To kidnap his child and then they just live together forever?
1: I think so. Because he was able to disappear by himself multiple times. and just Yeah, but there wasn't himself. like a
0: huge manhunt going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: well, he did not think that one out. And uh-huh. he's also getting a lot lazier with names because the agent said that a man, the man identified himself as... Chip Smith.
0: <laughs> See? Okay, he should have gone with that originally.
1: <laughs> and his daughter was Muffy.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. Chip and Chip. Muffy.
1: Chip told him that he was a ship's captain from Chile and captain a. Captain
0: s- Chip of the Spanish ship. I mean, of the Chilean ship. Yes.
1: Captain Chip captain from Chilean ship.
0: Chip of the Chilean ship. <laughs> He loves those C's.
1: He does. He's, I think, yeah, you're right. He's fixated on the letter C. This Mm -hmm. episode brought to you by the letter C.
0: Like Charles. Charles Rockefeller would be like way more believable.
1: For sure. You know what I feel like even
0: Chip Rockefeller would be more believable than Carl Rockefeller.
1: Chip is kind of a bougie name. I mean, Clark. Like weird, like nickname.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Huh. You know what's, uh, never mind. Okay. Oh. So, the, so the. Well, now I wanna know. Well, I was gonna say, you know what's also, a uh, a hoity, a bougie name?
0: What?
1: Humblebee Herbal. ha ha ha. If you want to feel fancy and not have to pay a lot to feel fancy, go ahead and get yourself some products from Humblebee Herbal. It'll make yourself feel like you've just had a day at a luxury spa.
0: Pamper yourself. Go get your bottle of butterlicious sherry and a bath fizzy. From Humblebee Herbal, take a nice little fizzy bath, pamper
1: yourself. Love yourself, love your skin, and pamper yourself with some Humblebee Herbal awesome products. That's Humblebeeherbal.com. Use code CRIMEANY20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's Humblebeeherbal.com. So Chip, the Chilean ship captain, (laughs) is a single parent, uh, so... Obviously, the realtor told the FBI where that house was, so they surrounded the house, and they're, like, looking in the windows for signs of where, movement. Wait, where are they? Uh, I think Baltimore. Okay. And they didn't.
0: So he didn't get very far.
1: He didn't. He just he moved enough.
0: Not really, if they <sighs> found him that easily. Well... <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're looking in the windows for signs of movement. They didn't really see anything, so they were getting kind of nervous. And they decided, like you know, they can't just bust in there because they're afraid that he's going to do something to to Muffy to Muffy. They might he might muffle Muffy
0: to Muffy Snooks
1: Muffy <laughs> Muffy Smith um,
0: Muffy Snooks Smith
1: Snooks Smith. So they they wanted to try and get her out of the house uh, as peacefully as possible. But to do that, they needed him to come out. And they knew that if he saw that the FBI was knocking, he's not coming out. Yeah. So what they did was they they found out that he had a boat at this marina. um, Okay. And apparently it wasn't a very nice boat. It was kind of falling apart.
0: Why did he get it?
1: Because you gotta have a boat when you're rich.
0: Not, okay, that's like the car thing. It's like people are, you're gonna invite them to your boat. They're gonna be like, oh, you're not rich at all.
1: I don't know, maybe he was planning on like sprucing it up.
0: What's this boat with all these post it notes (laughs) everywhere? You just look like a crazy person.
1: (laughs) So he, so they contacted the manager of the boat, the boat of the marina, and they were like, told him what was up, and they had him call. So he calls Clark, and he's like, hey, you better come down to the marina because your boat is starting to take on water. And he's like, like oh. I like you did
0: the call sign with your
1: – I did. You, like, I,
0: talked on your fake I phone.
1: talked on my hand phone. and <laughs> 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 It's actually – I have an implant in my hand, so the security uh, detail knows uh-huh. to right. come when I call okay. them on my hand phone. All
0: right.
1: So uh, he's like, shit, I got to go get my boat. And he's like, I'll be right there. And he opened the door, and as soon as he opened like, the door... He's like,
0: I'll go bucket off the water. Yeah. What is he going to do? I don't know. Okay. Patch
1: it up. Bring in a roll of duct tape with him. Okay. So he opens the front door, and the FBI were there waiting. Nice. And they tackled him to the ground and placed him under arrest. And they went in, and they got Muffy Snooks, and she was unharmed. His trial for the kidnapping was set. Meanwhile, the Unsolved Cases Unit in L.A. were conducting soil analysis of the San Marino backyard. However, I'm not sure that they got really any information from that, but it was what just... What were they
0: looking for?
1: Uh, I think they were also looking for signs of Linda, and hmm. I don't know. I, hmm. um, at his trial, his attorney said... He's certainly not the first immigrant who's come to this country and anglicized himself for purposes of adjustment to life here, nor is there anything illegal about the use of aliases or other names per se, unless there is an indication they were used for some fraudulent purpose, which we do not believe is the case here.
0: What? Yeah. How was that not fraudulent?
1: (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Also, side what? note, as you guessed before, all his priceless art pieces were fakes.
0: Yeah. Apparently
1: they were good fakes because that dealer didn't know.
0: Oh, she didn't know?
1: I don't think so. She, she saw them and believed that he was a Rockefeller. Oh, she's
0: not a good art dealer then.
1: Apparently not. I
0: would not trust her.
1: <laughs> no. On October 2nd, 2008, he tried to get his bail reduced from fifty million dollars. Cool. Whoa! And the judge was like, "Oh, you poor baby, you don't like the fifty million dollar bail. How about we just don't give you any bail?" Yeah,
0: they shouldn't have given him bail in the first place. He ran away. Yeah,
1: he's obviously a flight risk.
0: Clearly,
1: <laughs> he doesn't even he's need actual. Risk. He doesn't even need actual documents to like go and around town. He has a boat. He has a boat. Um, on February 13th, 2009, his attorney said that they were going to try for an insanity defense. No. The attorney told jurors that Clark believed his daughter was telepathically communicating with him from London, begging him to rescue her. Mm, no. no. Two experts for the defense died. He didn't no-
0: fly to London no. and kidnap her there.
1: He waited till she came. He out her-
0: and, yeah, yeah waited Uh -uh. Yeah,
1: Two experts for the defense diagnosed him with delusional disorder and narcissistic personality disorder.
0: I believe the narcissistic personality disorder. And I believe that he probably had like paranoid tendencies, which some narcissists do have. But
1: also you'd be paranoid if you've created 13 lives and you're constantly running from them all.
0: And you murdered two people and have been running away from that for 10 plus years. And your
1: face has been plastered all over TV for the past like 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's not insanity. That's just like a mental health issue, Mm -hmm. mental illness.
1: And they said that his father was emotionally abusive during childhood, so that's why he was like insane. No. A psychiatrist for the prosecution diagnosed him with mixed personality disorder with narcissistic and antisocial traits, but felt that he exaggerated his symptoms and was capable of knowing right from wrong.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: The jury convicted him of the kidnapping and the assault on the social worker with the limo. He was sentenced to four to five years in state prison.
0: For kidnapping Mm -hmm. and assault with a deadly weapon. Yep. No.
1: As for the murder case of the... And
0: he, like, fucking ran. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But for the murder case of the Sohus couple on march fifteenth two thousand and eleven he was charged with murder Good. The trial was held uh March and April of two thousand thirteen. Evidence in the case was largely circumstantial
0: hugely circumstantial
1: yeah they, they don't like even really... have like one of the
0: bodies yeah
1: they barely had anything, but and they're not
0: even sure the other body is what they who yeah. they think it is
1: -hmm. But the jurors were most swayed by two of the plastic bags that were found with the bones. Um, one was from the University of, Wil- of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, where Gerhard Strider, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Clark, attended classes between 1979 and 1982.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other one was from the University of Southern California, where he audited film classes... One juror said that that was the most solid piece of evidence presented to the jury.
0: I just feel like... I know. He's so dumb. I know. What well, like these bags why, could clearly be tied to you?
1: And why would you have? I mean, I yeah. Why are you carrying? I understand around? the L A one because you're there. Like he probably. Well, that's it why I wonder. There, like, what
0: kind of plastic bags they are? They're not like grocery, like plastic grocery bags. I'm like,
1: not sure. I'm, maybe I'm, they're
0: like an IKEA bag that you like keep maybe. with you forever kind of status.
1: Yeah, i have But no what, idea, like
0: yes. that's so obvious.
1: Yeah.
0: It could easily be tied back to you.
1: Hmm. Um. Jurors also heard that. Uh, Gearheart's Rider, which is his real name, that Clark was in possession of the Sohas' pickup truck following the murder.
0: Yeah, for and sure. And that he,
1: like, drove it to Connecticut, and the Connecticut police mm-hmm. found sell it. it. Yeah, and, uh-uh. and then there was that witness of him trying to sell it.
0: Yeah.
1: On August 15th, your birthday. Hi. Of 2013, he was given the maximum sentence of 27 years to life, with credit, one year served after finishing his sentence in Massachusetts. So he was gonna finish, he was gonna do his four to five years in Massachusetts and then mm-hmm. come to California to do his 27 years to life. He ended up firing his lawyers and represented himself during the sentencing phase.
0: Yes.
1: He Narcissist. Man- yeah, exactly. He maintained his innocence during the sentencing hearing and said, I want to assert my innocence and that I firmly believe that the victim's wife killed the victim. But be that as it may, once again, I did not commit the crime of which I stand accused.
0: So now I'm wondering, like, I wonder if he put her body, like, somewhere else. He He must have put her body, like, far away so that he Uh could go, like, that would be his whole thing.
1: Yeah but then it's like oh he murdered his wife then killed then himself and asked you for and, some
0: bags
1: and put himself into three separate no, bags No, I thought
0: I thought he was saying that he thinks that she murdered him.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So
0: she comes over one day. She's like, hey, I need to borrow some bags from you.
1: And can you ask the neighbor for a chainsaw?
0: (laughs) And I also need you to borrow a chainsaw Mm -hmm. for me. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: His sentence was reduced on appeal in 2015. Why? To 26 years to life. No. With good time credits, he will be Why? What was
0: his appeal?
1: I don't know. I don't know. But it's one year that he got knocked off. He will be eligible for parole in December of 2029 when he is 68 years old. And a parole hearing is currently scheduled for November of 2028. He is currently at San Quentin. No. <laughs> and that's the story of Clark, Christian, Christopher, Gearhart's writer, Gearhart Chip, Smith, <laughs> Rockefeller. Rockefeller Chichester, the 13th uh, baronet of the royal family. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Fun. Gross.
1: The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A
0: tossed salad, a scrambled egg. Sorry. Well, obviously a tossed salad because that dude
1: sucks. 100% tossed salad.
0: Just a narcissistic asshole? Yeah. Damn.
1: Yeah. I just find it fascinating that he was able to go so long just on bullshitting, like making everything up, and most people and ate people it up. didn't
0: suspect. Nope. Like, what?
1: Nope. Just because he's at their
0: church. And he always knew the
1: right thing to say, and he knew, like, the Mm -hmm. right people, and he knew, like, just how to get in with the right crowd. All
0: right. We need to study the millionaire on Gilligan's Mm -hmm. Island Mm -hmm. and Niles Mm -hmm. Crane, like, a whole lot more.
1: Yep. Well, we're going to do that when we're drinking our sherry, our buttercream sherry, and our uh, (laughs) little sandwiches.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's eaten that in prison, so...
1: (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah.
0: I wonder what his family thinks. Like, do they even know know that he's in prison? I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. What was
0: their relationship like that he just like left at 16 and they're like, okay, bye. And then his poor like ex-wife and his child, like that's so traumatic for her. Mm Mm-hmm. And also like what a, uh, like he's just.
1: He's a goon.
0: This poor little girl, she had, like, no childhood at all because her father was just, like, teaching her how to read and shit where it's like, oh, my God, leave her alone.
1: She loved it.
0: She did not. She's a child. (laughs) Who wants to memorize the periodic table, like, all day, every day? She was like,
1: I love it.
0: She didn't even know what it was. She
1: did, too.
0: No. (laughs) Anyway, shitty.
1: Shitty, shitty, bang, bang.
0: Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. I was just going to say
1: that. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you, shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Ready for some criminy sakes? And now for the portion that we like to call crimey sakes, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Yeah. Okay.
0: I think I got rid of that one, so...
1: Oh, cool. All right. Well, I have one from Fox23.com. Tulsa police officers recognized the Cheeto remnants Friday night while investigating a burglary. Police were called about a woman breaking into a home with two children inside near 67th Street and Sheridan around 8 p.m. on Friday. Officers found that the suspected burglar had pried the screen off a window of the home to get inside. Police say she left without stealing anything or hurting anyone. Police say they found a bag of Cheetos and a water bottle on the floor near the open window, oh leading my God. <laughs> leading them to believe they were looking for, or le- the person they were looking for dropped them on the way out. So like she went in for a snack or something. The victim identified Sharon Carr as the woman believed to have broken into the home. Police say Cheeto residue on car's teeth further linked her to the crime.
0: <laughs> Ew.
1: A good reminder that Cheeto dust can be pretty hard to get rid of. Dane. stain? Uh, the Tulsa Police Department wrote on Facebook, she is facing charges of first-degree burglary. But it's like, what'd she steal, Cheetos?
0: Uh, also, that staying on your teeth for that long, you probably shouldn't be eating
1: it. I don't know. Cheetos are so yummy.
0: Not if they're dying your teeth. Mm. That's
1: gross. Well, my new chai Cheetos do not stain your teeth orange. So there's that selling point. There's that selling point, too.
0: What do they stain your teeth?
1: Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then I have one from newsweek.com. A. Uh A Tarco Airlines Boeing 737 was already 30 minutes into its flight from Khartoum, Sudan to Qatar's capital city of Doha when the cat suddenly emerged <laughs> in, in the cockpit. <laughs> According to the February 25th report, likely alarmed by its unfamiliar surroundings and people, the cat instantly went on the offensive, attacking the pilot and resisting attempts to catch it.
0: Of course, cats are so slippery.
1: (laughs) The whole scene led the pilot to head back to Kartoam to safely remove the feline passenger. As noted by the UK's Metro local reports, characterized the cat as <laughs> aggressive and angry. <laughs> the furry stowaway was. It's a
0: cat is <laughs> <It's> probably terrified.
1: <laughs> the furry stowaway was said to be a feral feline. Oh and God. according to the Al airline, airline workers believe the cat likely boarded the plane while it was parked <laughs> in the <laughs> hangar overnight for cleaning. <laughs>
0: Why is it open? It
1: is also possible that the cat could have crept aboard the aircraft during the pre-flight engineer check.
0: Not with all those people around. Why is uh, a cat going uh, into uh, an uh, air?
1: I don't know, but um, apparently this is not like a one-off thing. Apparently cats often, not often like every time, but you know. At least poor there's a kitties. handful of cases where cats have gotten onto planes. That
0: is so scary for that <laughs> poor cat. Oh, my God. It's all noisy and all those people. <laughs> yeah. Poor yeah. kitty. Yep. Could only hold it together for so long.
1: <laughs> and you're, like, napping and then you wake up and you're like, what
0: the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yep. And there are people trying to get you.
1: Like, yeah, catching you oh yeah yeah Mm-mm. and everything is loud and
0: poor scary. kitties
1: poor kitties so make sure that your cats don't get on planes without your permission
0: i mean maybe you know there i mean are there cats like at the airport just like apparently, hanging apparently there's
1: just like a feral colony of cats Aww. anyway kitties. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks for listening to another week.
1: We will speak at you again next week and please rate, review, subscribe, and check out our sponsor, Humblebee Herbal.
0: Also, if you're rating and reviewing, be gentle. We're still learning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean It's been a bumpy
0: know. it's been a bumpy flight.
1: Honestly, if you have advice and you want to criticize and give us advice, though, like constructive constructive criticism, criticism. you can go ahead and send us an email at crimenipodcasts at gmail.com. And, yeah, check us out next week. We'll be back. All right. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.